the Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Jason Allen King. Comedy Zone Podcast, uh, back at you for another week, another edition. Uh, this episode is probably going to be a lot different uh, than the ones... Uh, you usually hear uh, because we are in the midst of some troubling times, uh, a lot of different words you could use to describe right now, but we got the whole crew here to talk a little bit about it. Myself, Mr. Jason Allen King and Brian Baltashevitz. Gentlemen, how are you? Well, that's a more complicated question than usual, <laughs> which is why the show is going to be different this time, I think. Yeah. Doing all right from a from a you know from a health standpoint, <laughs> mind and body. I'm not so sure. I mean, same. I think we're all, you know, trying to. I mean, we're still you know reeling from COVID nineteen. There's still you know a lot to deal with from there, and then and then you know now that 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 just everything of the last uh, nine or ten days, it's uh, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot uh, as a country for us to deal with, and as as people for us to deal with. We we got a long way to go before any of this is over, and 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 it's just been a long, long nine or ten days. Uh, yeah, I think I think that uh, number one, I think that we'll probably end up talking some about this uh, for the next few weeks because there's a lot to to unpack, yeah. and I don't feel like. You know, we did this when they had the they called them riots in Charlotte last time, Brian. We did the podcast mm-hmm. and we kind of we kind of talked about it and we kind of left it at that. And I, I think that maybe we need a, a, a deeper treatment of 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 some of these issues that we're talking about, because they extend through every facet of society from, you know, from from comedy to sports to I mean, to, to the general public to I mean, you it this touch this this race thing touches everything. And I think a lot of times people run from the conversation. Um, and I think, you know, I, I don't you know, I just I think at a point you just you just get exhausted. Like I've been saying a lot of the same things about these issues mm-hmm. when it comes to systematic inequities when it comes to police brutality, when it comes to economic inequality, medical, environmental. I mean, there's a long list of things and I've talked and talked and railed and railed. And, um, you know, we're still not in that much different a place. Uh, So my friend, it was funny. I was talking to my friend the other day and she asked me, she said, do you consider it? Because she considers it hers. Do I consider it my duty to kind of talk to my white friends and colleagues or, you know, kind of educate them about disparities in policing or systematic racism, which is like everybody's new favorite buzzword right now. Like everybody's (laughs) talking systematic racism. I'm sure nobody knows what it means, but everybody is talking (laughs) about systematic racism. So at least people are saying it, I guess, but it is cute. Um, And and then we have... um, 
you know, so when people, you know, when she asked me that, you know, do I feel any kind of inkling or, or urge to do that? My the simple answer is no. And and I used to be like that. I used to be like, you know, we got to teach understanding and we got to talk to our, you know, white, you know, uh, friends and let them know and talk to them and talk to them and talk to them. But at this point, I mean, after everything we've seen, like wherever you're at, that's where you're staying. Yeah. Like when we talk about this administration, when we talk about some of the societal issues we've talked about on this podcast and that everybody knows are going on, like you've picked a side at this point. If you're still walking around like Drew Brees talking about this is about the flag and respecting the country and completely ignoring the fact that you saw a man get the life choked out of him for nine minutes on television, just forget all of that. It's about the flag and about kneeling. Like if you're still doing that, you've picked a side and I don't care about public statements and apologies. We've seen video after video. We've heard testimony after testimony. We've seen case after case. Like, it's just too much at this point. I'm not trying to educate anyone else. And like, you are where you are. Like, you're either with with this or you're in the way. And I think that's kind of like how you have to start seeing these things because, you know, people are, they are where they are. My dad, because I, I used to always do that, man. I go back and forth trying to tell him, you don't understand what it's like. You don't understand what it's like. And my dad was like, he said 10 words that changed my life. My dad was like, stop. He was like, never waste time trying to convince a snake that it's a snake. And I've said that before. And what that kind of meant was don't spend your time trying to change someone. You're not like this person. You're not going to make up for all the years they spent not reading. Like in this little two minute conversation you're having on Twitter, Mm -hmm. like it's not worth investing in that way. You could be doubling down on your efforts to work with those that are like-minded. Like, don't spend your time with these people. Like, it's just time to stop the let's bring people and let's hold hands and let's give the cops a Pepsi and all this. Like, I, like that is, like, I am so, like, through with that kind of talk. This is like, I've heard people go, we need to bring people together. It's not about bringing people together. This is not about unity. This is not about bringing people together in the same way that we don't need to bring rape victims and rapists together. Like stop doing racism. That is not a together issue. We don't need to do anything together. I'm going to just sit my black ass down and y'all stop doing this. That's it. There's no, because when you say together, you make it sound as if we're equal partners in this. So this, like, this is a problem white folk created. And that white folk need to figure out. And that is what has been a little more encouraging about the demonstrations I have seen lately, because a lot of times it's just a whole lot of folk that that have been me and look like me out there. Mm. And, you know, now you're seeing a broader coalition of people speaking out about these issues. I don't know what took them so long. I don't know what the last hundred videos didn't show them, but they're here now. And for me, it's like I'm happy to see this. And I I can appreciate that part of it. But at the same time, like these these are issues I have to live with. Like after the after the protest is over and everybody cleans everything up, I still got to drive home at night and I still got a young son that is however many more times, three to five times more times, more likely than his white counterparts to be brutalized or killed by the police. I still I'll still have those issues after everybody leaves this. So I don't get the vacation here. So when I see people, let's kneel with the cops or let's hold hands and sing a song and look at me again, 
those statements and words are powerful because they just you never heard people talking about systematic racism in the national discourse, but it's here now. So I can appreciate those things, but while also understanding that like this stuff is just talk, we need to see reductions in numbers. We need to see concrete changes in policy. We need to see white people confronting themselves in their own circles. Like we need people talking to their parents and their grandparents, like Jason has talked about on this podcast, the conversations he's had and the way he's been vocal is what we need everybody to do. You got to confront your own circles. Black folk ain't got access to them. So it's not, and, and, and even having access, Drew Brees has had black teammates for the last 15 years. And he still comes out saying things like he said, if you're not familiar, you can look it up. But, you know, I mean, Drew Brees is still saying it's about the, or he apologized, but just yesterday, he's still talking about, oh, it's the, about the flag. And, you know, I know we're not perfect, but, you know, we should respect the flag. We're not perfect. What kind of euphemism is it? We're not, we watched a man get the life choked out of him. We watched 12-year-old Tamir Rice get gunned down in Cleveland with no questions asked. Like, the numbers, the statistics, we're not perfect? That's like saying Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, he wasn't a perfect guy. Not perfect. Like, there's a strong, strong difference. So I just think that there's there's things, you know, that we have to look at. And and we have to appreciate what we're seeing. People in the streets, those things are important. And I don't think a lot of people do it. And I think that, you know, demonstrations that we've seen and what we've seen on social media suggests that there may be more impetus to do it now, that people aren't just going to sit back and accept that. I, I hope that's what starts to happen, because honestly, for me, it's like, I don't know if y'all saw that movie Life is Beautiful, um, but... It was um, for those listening that don't know, it was there was this Jewish Italian bookshop owner who used his imagination to kind of keep his son shielded from the horrors of Nazi concentration camps. And, you know, he kept playing these little games like starvation. You know, they were starving him and he'd make it into a thing. And and my stuff, of course, isn't to that degree. I'm not having to take things and make them something else. But I do. You know, I'm out in the backyard with my son with it the inflatable pool and playing water gun fights and everything else. And, you know, the the very same city, people are down there demonstrating, getting pepper sprayed and everything else because of people that look like my son, because of what's happening to people that look like my son. So, you know, after people pick up the picket signs and everything else, my wife is still going to be worried about us every time we leave the house. My wife's going to lose sleep over us when we're not home at night because black women have known that fear forever. So when when you see people rage about these things, when you see riots and you see protests and even what we saw with the flag and and the kneeling protest, people talked about that like that was some kind of first resort, like there's a better time and place. There's a better time and place that that wasn't a first resort. That was a last resort. Mm-hmm. They've tried to protest. We've tried to write. We've tried the court system. Folks have tried these things like it, it's not getting any better. At the very least, no matter what you say about Colin Kaepernick, you would have to say that he started a national discourse around all these issues and he provided a baseline for people to say, look, this is what Cap was talking about. This is what Cap was talking about. And that stuff matters. And, you know, the guy sacrificed a lot for it. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're here in this moment now. So I think it's just a moment for people to internalize what they've seen. You know, I think we got to consider putting the cell phone camera in the Civil Rights Hall of Fame 
uh, next to <laughs> next <Yeah>. to Rosa Parks. <laughs> next to, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. It, hard to name three more things that have had more of an impact on uh, America's conceptions about race and equality than the cell phone. I mean, that we, we're seeing things Remarkable. that we have we hadn't seen before uh, that some people hadn't seen before. So because because those images they 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 don't lie. Yeah, you know it's hard to misinterpret uh, George Floyd's uh, that circumstance, that that absolute brutality. Is you can't you can't look at that and come with any other determination of what happened. Yeah, yeah. I I haven't even to be honest with you guys, I haven't even looked at it. I haven't even looked at it. I can't look at it. My wife hasn't looked at it because it's not you know that that's not a movie for us. That's that's a documentary. And and that is that that is a very real uh, possibility for me. You know, I've told the story before on this podcast about being on the ground with officers weapons to my face. And all it takes is to me to make the wrong move or them to allege I made the wrong move or whatever it is. You know, we we um, you know, we excuse cops acting in the moment, but people are supposed to act calm and, you know, tranquil with a gun jammed in their face. Like, I never understood that. And, I, and in that moment, I didn't understand that. Yeah. So, you know, these things are real for people like me. And it's just sad to me that it wasn't enough for, like, literally all the Black people you know to be telling you the same thing. Like, that wasn't enough. Like, I like I used this example on the podcast before. Like, it, it, it'd be like if I if there were a local... 7-Eleven. And I went there every time and got my stuff, no problem. But every woman I knew said that when they went in there, the guy made insensitive remarks or treated them poorly. Mm -hmm. Am I going to say that doesn't happen because that never happens to me? Or am I going to maybe listen to every single woman telling me the same thing? You have every single black person, almost to a man, telling you the same thing, except for the one black person they show at the GOP convention over and over again, except for that guy. The rest of the black people are telling you the same exact, well, him, Diamond, and Silk on Fox News, those three of them. But aside from them, every black person is telling you the same thing, and that's not enough for you? That that says a little bit about what you think of black people. So, um, you know, there's real conversations people have to have, and I'm just interested in in white folks having them. I, this is not my problem to fix. Um, I'm not. I'm not here to, you're not helping the problem. I'm not here to help the problem. I'm not here to help the problem. I'm here to protect my wife and son. That's that's what I'm here to do. I'm 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 here to try to make sure that I'm not the next person you guys are marching about. That's that's all I can do. I'm tired of talking. I'm like I'm done with that stuff. I want to see concrete measures. I want to see exactly what and we've got models, man. There are police departments that are doing this thing right. I mean, there are police departments that are getting this right. And there's blueprints out there. We just need the national will to care because the under the ugly secret about what we see in these videos is the only reason it's able to happen is because the public has been okay with it. That's why they weaponize calls to nine one one. That's why we see so many videos. Jason, you were there when the woman called me, the police on me at the comedy zone. Yeah, that's right. You know, they're using the arm of the state to come and punish because black people aren't showing sufficient deference. They come to punish. They said they try to get the police to come punish for that. And as long as people think that the, the state operates that way, and as long as it does, uh, we're, we're, we're not going to... You think about every instance you've seen with these, these murders. 
is, you know, it's a broken tail light. I think with George Floyd, it was a alleged counterfeit $20 bill. With, mm-hmm. with, I mean, there was no crime with uh, alleged crime with Ahmad. I except walking in the uh, whatever property under development, but there was no real crime there. We're not talking about people running away from murders, right? The, the white boys coming away from murders end up getting taken without incident. But 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 black folks with with loose cigarettes and counterfeit CDs or uh, taillights and traffic violations, people are ending up dead, man. Like, how do we get there? So so there's multiple fronts. People have to confront their circles. People have to have conversations. We need policy. We need to minimize the instances in which we'll send armed members of the state. Ninety percent of what cops are doing maybe should be done by social workers. A lot of it. And we're, I mean, so it's the criminal justice system. It's how we police. It's what we police. It's when we call the police. This thing is very layered, man. And I just, there's a lot of work to do for people to kind of get excited right now and then leave the fight. Like, I just hope, I just hope people are here to stay, man. And, And I'll be sitting back observing, you know, I don't know whether I'm optimistic about it or not. I kind of go back and forth, but there's nothing for me to do here. Like if people want to talk, I've generally been available to talk, but don't nobody call me to talk about this stuff. People have their opinions and they want to have them. So it's been, it's been, it's been discouraging to see a lot of people digging their heels in the sand. Uh, Social media has been uh, just in a lather on both sides. And that, that has been one of the more just it's kind of defeated things that uh that's been a result of this and just some people just like you said have picked their side and they're they're leaning into the into that side and and that's been a little that's been a little disappointing to say the very least and and sometimes they're digging in their heels and I, I agree and a lot of times they're digging in their heels about things that shouldn't have a side like like George Floyd shouldn't have a side. Yeah. You know, like, like Trayvon Martin shouldn't have had a side. Like, like we're talking about unarmed black, like a side, like it's just, it's just the approach to everything, man. It's so passive. That's what I hope changes. You know, when you see somebody getting killed an unarmed black person being killed, you shouldn't be wait. Let's wait for the facts. You should be demanding answers at this point. Why are we waiting for stuff? Like, why are we at this point with all we've seen and we still waiting for stuff? We need to demand it because as we've seen time and time again, the the scales of justice don't tip and move until people raise hell. I mean, that's what this is about. I mean, I'm not listen. I'm not condoning the the the. Uh, property damage or any of that stuff. I'm not condoning that, but Hey man, I'm not here to, uh, I'm not here to make that the headline either. Like, let's be real. Like people are getting killed. Yeah. I've, I, I've been, uh, I come down on, on the side of, you know, what is the, what is the expectation? What are, we've, you know, if they, that, that argument is like, oh, I can't believe they're looting and breaking stuff. And it's like, that's the problem. That's what you see as the problem here. And a lot of people don't necessarily, you know, people who kind of are, are towing the line are, you know, are a little annoyed that I feel that way. But I'm like, ah, I'm sorry, I, I don't give a shit about Target. I don't care what the fallout is on, on Target in this situation. You know, people running in and stealing. No, I mean, of course, I don't necessarily think that's great. But also that's 
if that's going to get people to pay attention, then that's what gets people to pay attention. I, I just don't really care about Target. Some other small business owners, I understand. I'm sure that's that's super challenging, and I, I wish them the best, but I'm also not going to condemn everything that's going on because of that specific thing. You know? I, I, I mean, I can't. I mean, I can't. <clears throat> I can't say what you said any better. I, I think, like you said, yeah, it's bad. It shouldn't happen. But that's about all I have for that conversation. Mm-hmm. Because people will try to make that sort of the dominant narrative. And it's like, that's not like we, we go to the same playbook every single time. Like, OK, talk about the property destruction. Talk about how the guy returned a video late to Blockbuster once or anything that'll make him look like a criminal. Anything will take it. Darken the pictures of him. Oh, made it just just to show people that he deserved to die. And, you know, it's to say it's the well, we didn't see all of the video. And it's just like you can you can see it coming. You can see it coming. Uh, I would be curious to learn more. And this this is a lack of education on my on my part. I'm sure I would like to see. Why is it that someone who's selling loose cigarettes gets arrested for it? Why isn't that just write him a ticket like a traffic violation? Why is someone getting into getting getting you know, handcuffed and put in a car. What what are we talking about? This not this is nonviolent crime that we're talking about here. Why are we... no one's in danger? No one's yeah. You're you're who are you protecting? Get the guy's license, get his name and information, send him a ticket. You got a court date. Why are we wrestling someone to the ground? You're because because if the issue is that cops have to protect themselves, they're the ones who are who have gone to this person and tried to take them into custody. That's when it became dangerous. Right. You, you got his, inf- to get his information, whatever, whatever you need to do in that situation. And if he becomes violent, maybe that's what, what's next. But I've never understood that. I, I get a speeding ticket. No one's taking me into custody. Right. So if I'm, you know, selling loose cig- cigarettes or an investigation of a of a bad twenty dollar bill, the owner of the store was like, he probably didn't even know he had that. Uh. You, no one would have ever asked me anything more about it. They would have never suspected that I have have a forgery ring going on somewhere. Like it, it's just none of none of these. When I put this narrative and put me in it, none of these things make sense. Hmm. It would never happen to me. No cop's going to wrestle me to the ground because they thought I was selling loose cigarettes. No cop would wrestle me to the ground because I gave a bad $20 bill. Just none of this would ever happen to me. So that I struggle with this. I want to, I'd like, that's one of the things maybe people should look into what, show me the playbook that the cops are using for that. You know, I, I, my cousin is, is a cop also, by the way. Uh, we're very close, and he's in Houston. And you know, my heart goes out to him. He's a he's a good dude. He's a really really good dude. Uh, he's a good person. He's a good man. He's a good dad. Uh, and it's been a, a an interesting you know thing to stand and watch all this happening and, and the things that uh, that are going down there. I've I've been seeking out Houston videos and stuff just to see what it's what it's like down there. You know, and, you know, these are these are questions. I will. We'll talk about all this. We uh, we certainly will. And I'll be curious to get his take and and I'll ask some of these questions and, and kind of figure out what's going on. You know? yeah, yeah, there's 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 a lot to unpack. And I, and I think that it deserves 
you know, that kind of that kind of treatment. I, I, I just, you know, people you can just see it in these videos and people are tired. People, pe- people are just tired and they're tired of the same old excuses, you know, tired of what, well, what about black on black crime? Just what about ism all the time? And yeah. Like this stuff is tiring. Like I like, you know, how many times I have ex- explained to people that black on black crime, number one, uh, there's no out for black people there. So it's not like we can, Oh, well, you don't march about black on black crime or you don't care about black on black crime. I've got no fucking choice to care, but to care about black on black crime. I don't even have a choice. My whole family lives in a city plagued by black on black crime. I don't get a vacation from that. So the the idea that black folk don't care when they're living it is is bullshit on its face. And, you know, and, and again, when people do it, you know, it's disingenuous because when they ever cared about some black on black crime, now they care. Now they care. No, it's just a device. Yeah. It's a device to to a red herring to to move away from what the real issue is. The other parts about black on black crime is, I mean, sad to say, but if I'm a black, you know, as a black male, as a black male, um, if I don't want to want to get away from black on black crime or I think that that's a problem or I think that that's a thing I can move to a neighborhood with without that element without the the poverty that it comes with or without all that stuff right I can go to a nice quote unquote nice neighborhood without those kind of folk there that's what I can do police are there <laughs> police are there police are there no matter where I go I can't outrun them that's a big difference between black on black anything and that. Because, the, and the matter of fact, you could argue the nicer a place I go to live in, the more dangerous it gets. So it's it's just a whole, you know, it's a whole different conversation with those kind of things. And depending on who's saying it, that's, that's uh, the way I've seen it is that's a way to, to affect, you know, the validity of, uh, of the argument, right? That's that's where that's what I hear when someone says, you know, they they're taking away credibility from right the community, right, right. And there's a hundred other things like we don't we don't pay for black on black crime. I pay cop salaries, <laughs> so like it, it, there's a million other reasons that it's nonsense, but it's nonsense on its face because it's not a genuine argument, and and it, and it doesn't come from a, a place of anything genuine. So. Uh, anyway, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to um, unpack. People are scrambling to find answers, but there are one or two things I don't want people to do, especially our white listeners. Like I was on a, a call and they said, uh, you know, and check on your black coworkers or check on. And I was like, yeah, uh, don't nobody check on me. Like, I don't, <laughs> don't nobody call up like, you know, Hey, black coworker, uh, Call them to see if you're okay today. Like, that, don't, <laughs> I don't need anybody <laughs> to check on me. Just stop doing racism, right? Like, that. that's, I don't need anyone to check in. Look, I'm going to get off today, pray I make it home and cook up some ribs and watch a game, eat a salad. Like, don't, you know, that is, uh, you don't have to check up on anybody. Check your own circle. That is what is useful. Check your own circle. Stop saying stuff like I don't see color that, you know, just unhelpful shit. Like, I think one thing I think we should do is, you know, you should have like black folks 
if they want to be consultants and just let white folks talk about race for 10 minutes and tap them on the shoulder when they say dumb shit. <laughs> it's it just be like, you know, it's just be like, ah, right there. No, it's black lives matter. I know all lives matter, but here's the reason. Yeah. And then let them continue talking. It's like, no, no, no. That's okay. Karen. That's not. So, you know, correct them along the way, but it, it's a conversation that white folks need to have. And for the first time in a long time, I feel like some folks are maybe going to have them. So, It'll be interesting to see, and we'll we'll keep up with it as the weeks go forward. Well, what do we do next, Will? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's both funny and also a genuine question. <laughs> What do we do next? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to. Uh, we that's why we're gonna take some weeks to unpack this and 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 talk to hopefully some folks that know a lot more about this than me. We'll see maybe a guest or two uh, to talk talk about some of these um, issues um, because there. This is just. I mean, it's just it's affecting everyone, comedians to everyone else. So there's no point in ignoring it and. Um, you know, this is these are important conversations, so we we gonna continue to have them. And as people are, you know, are, are still protesting, and uh, sort of in the middle of this, uh, keep your head down, be safe, be, uh, be smart. Um, for everybody listening, uh, to quote Wilt, don't don't do racism anymore. <laughs> yeah, just stop, just stop doing it. You ain't gotta look. Just stop doing it. You ain't gotta bake nobody a pie. You know. You got to give no money out your paycheck, nothing. You know, government is reparations. We'll talk to them. Um, yeah, you got to check on nobody. Just stop doing racism. <laughs> That's I've run out of words, but I don't even know what to say anymore. This is like, how long are we going to continue to be cool with this? I <laughs> just, whew. oh man. So uh, we have anything comedy related this week at all? Anybody got anything? Anything happen? Uh, I, I don't know, but I, I'll, I'll give a, a shout to uh, Chris Mons. Um, cause okay. his, his Facebook has been uh, cracking me up, man. He, he's <laughs> he's mixing in some uh, some sharp wit uh, with with sharing some videos. And and he and Don are putting some things out that are that are making light of some things and taking taking things seriously at the same time. And uh, so uh, I tip my hat to them. And yeah. Good. What good what what comedians do, man. I like to I like to hear that. Yeah. I like to hear that. Um so again, I I don't have much more for this week, man. Um this was um it was a lot and we haven't, you know, even talked about yet what's happening locally and and you know, these things will continue to evolve like I said as the weeks go forward. So we'll keep you know, we'll talk about it. We'll still talk comedy. You know, we know what we are, but um, this this stuff can't keep ignoring this stuff. So, um, yeah, we're gonna have some 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 thoughtful, and we'll do our best. We certainly don't have all the answers. I know I don't. I know these guys don't. But we're gonna talk about it and uh, do do our best and kind of do our part in that small way with this medium. So. That's all I got, guys. I this yeah. tough week, man. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Will. Yeah, absolutely. Thank and thank you all, man. I'm I'm looking forward to continuing to hear your thoughts on it because, you know, like I said, man, I think black people talk about this stuff way too much. Half half of these cable networks, the only time they have black folks on is when race stuff comes up. So we talk about <laughs> it all the time. So I uh I'm I'm really interested in hearing hearing more 
uh, from you guys as the weeks go forward too, because um, it's it's uh, we got it all challenge. Well, not all. Again, I, I say white people. I'm not missing words anymore. Um, this is a job white people need to do. I think white people have to look inward and have these conversations and maybe listening to this podcast can help you, you know, start to, 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 to hear how other folks are having those conversations and it doesn't have to be a bloodbath. Um, so, so yeah, I think, I think we're going to do some impactful stuff coming up. So I'm, I am happy about that. All right. Well, uh, that's all I got guys. Uh, I don't know about y'all. Is that you, we, we done with this one, fellas? I think so, man. Good, good stuff. Well, glad to hear your thoughts on all this. Yeah, yeah. And again, y'all, we we won't we won't drop this one. We'll we'll keep up the conversation as we go forward. And uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, for Brian Baltashevitz and Jason Allen King, Will Jacobs Comedy's own podcast. We will catch y'all next week. Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. 